We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And the next time you hear from us, the Lakers will have played a basketball game. Their debut uh, preseason game is tomorrow night. Both the other gentlemen on the pod will be in attendance. That was where the 2020 championship Lakers were born. I remember the legendary Joey Ramirez tweet after the Lakers handled business against the Warriors and the consider this a warning, consider this a warning tweet, which I always smile when I think about. And we're certainly very excited about this preseason. And D, I feel like the preseason kind of has a different purpose for different teams at different points of wherever they are. And so I'm curious, what do you think this preseason serves? What purpose does it serve for this Lakers team? Well, I think it's like a reorganization of the group that they already have and figuring out where the new guys fit and how it's all going to come together. Darwin's talked a lot about like the different options that are on the table. And when you have so many options, it can look like um, that one meme where the guy is like, uh, I don't even know what show this is, but the guy's like looking in the air and like, there's all this stuff on the wall, almost like a beautiful mind style, right? Where Uh it's just like all these connecting dots. And it's just like too many options can be dizzying at times and Mm -hmm. it was interesting to hear darvin say like we know who we like we know who we want as our fifth starter but i'm not telling you and so it seems like he's already firming up ideas within his mind but getting it all aligned and building towards the regular season with some momentum of purpose combined with momentum of we believe this is going to work Right. Like there's been a lot of talk, Mike, about what the Lakers want to achieve this season and how far away that is from now. And like LeBron got asked yesterday about um, like the Olympics. And he's just like, look, man, the Olympics is like next summer. Like I got plenty of stuff to worry about. Like that's in the here and now. And, And like the team that I'm focused on is the Lakers. And that's the right approach for this group. Um, but that's how I sort of view this season. It's it's a runway for the regular season with all the expectations and all of the depth ideas and and funneling that into an idea of this is what we want it to be when the season starts, which is totally different 
from last season to me at least last season was also a bunch of ideas and how can we wrangle this together but this team actually has the group that can do it and that sets them on a different track to me the most pertinent thing out of practice yesterday for me was just that LeBron is not going to play on Saturday and he's as expected I mean he's going to end up playing somewhere between he said half at least, but maybe that's half and maybe half playing in half of those games includes him playing in just the first half or something in one or two of them. And so how do we look at and evaluate the Lakers when LeBron's not on the court and presumptively AD is also going to not be playing all of those minutes? And what then are we looking for? And what is Darvin Ham looking for? It's the whole slotting thing, too. If LeBron's not there and especially if AD's not there, then it's tough to take that much away. You want to see guys play well and individually. You want to see the guys are kind of adjusting and you want to look at some of the schemes that Darvin's throwing out. But, you know, they're, the Lakers don't have warm-up games once the regular season starts. It's at Denver and then Phoenix. Like these are, you know, yeah. we think the two biggest threats in the West. And so it's always this tug of war between you'd love to see them get some cohesive minutes together in the preseason at full speed so that they don't have that first full run when it counts against a team that's as loaded like that. But balancing that with LeBron's career minutes load. And I'll, I'll finish that part of it by I wrote yesterday. Darwin was kind of joking around. He said, well, I, I don't know that LeBron needs to play a ton of preseason minutes because he's probably played more than the rest of the roster combined uh, if you take out AD. And it turns out if you include playoff minutes, that that's a fact. LeBron's wow. played 65,747 NBA minutes. And the 11 players on the roster outside of AD's roughly 25,000 have played 62,000 779 minutes what a stat so, my goodness you know lebron he don't necessarily need the playing time but he does need some time with these guys and i guess pete that's where the comforting factor is that they can go to the six guys that do know how to play together you know in these first couple games and then mm -hmm. mix in the gabe vincents and the torian princess who are going to know what their role is uh, in the meantime yeah there's this interesting uh like excitement going into the start of a marathon though right and we i remember us talking about this idea last year of like when a marathon starts the runners don't just start hauling ass and running as fast as they can to start it right they have to pace themselves to get to the end of the marathon and we're in a very different place right in terms of like uh what we need to do last year was conversations about survival that's what those ideas were d right like hey we got to be able to get through this first part of the season and and hang in there and with a new coach with a, an entirely new group um and this is just such a different place that said though the fan base and i just think that everybody's so excited about it this has a i've been thinking that there's a great likelihood that this is you know the most overanalyzed preseason game in a minute um and I think that we need to kind of, you know, be uh, be mindful of that to a degree. And as a result of that, D, I, I kind of look at this game especially as being like the back end of the roster. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on if you go from like 7 to 15 on this roster. We talked about the top six that are kind of entrenched from last season. But there's so much between Max and Cam Reddish and Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood. Jalen hood Shafino is apparently having a good camp, right? At that, I think that games like this, especially the ones early on where those starters, AD plays 
probably what a shift, maybe a half, but he's not going to play, you know, his full minutes load. I think it's a great opportunity to kind of see those guys not just beating up on each other in camp, but against other teams and see what that looks like for the first time. Because I think there's a lot of interesting talent evaluation on the back half of this Lakers roster. I agree. I also think, though, that as you get into those parts of like, this isn't football, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, if you're a quarterback in football and you're the third string quarterback, your job is the same job as the first string quarterback. It's like, and Mm -hmm. if you're the third string offensive line, your job is to block the same exact way that you would block if you were the first string, right? When you are Max Christie and you're the, and you're fighting for like the fourth guard spot, potentially maybe in a battle with Torian Prince and Cam Reddish. And it's just like, and your role, if you were to get that job, is to play off of LeBron James yeah. and Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. And so it's like, oh, I'm a 3 and D player. I'm going to spot up. I'm going to, you know, cut, like maybe run a third side pick and roll, right? Where it's just like, sure. oh, pick and roll, skip. Pick and roll, skip, balls to max. Oh, hard close out. Here comes the screen. Now it's like, now it's third side action. It's yeah. just like, okay, that's a whole different deal than when you're like, okay, well now all of those guys are sitting. Yeah. Go create offense. And it's you and Maxwell Lewis and JHS, right? That type of crew. And it's that's like, a great oh, point. The summer league Lakers. And like, how do you look doing that? And it's just like, well, a different this is job. where I thought yeah. like the, the point that Alex Caruso made a few seasons ago about like when he was in the G League and the conversation that he was having with um, I think it was Sam Presti that he noted when he was still with with Oklahoma City and and Caruso said, what is it you want from us? in order to actually get the job that we are seeking, which is an NBA job. And Caruso mentioned that Presti was basically just like, look, like we want to see you do all of these little things that are going to like add up to winning. He's like, you're not going to be like, oh, great. You could score 30 points in the G League. Congratulations. We got Kevin Durant to do that up here. We got Russell Westbrook to do that up here. That's not your job. And so it's an interesting thing that you bring up there, Pete, because it's just like, back end roster guys or the guys who are competing for roles i want to i still want to see them next to the team's better players because i want to see how they can shine in the role that they are going to be asked to play during the regular season and some players are more equipped or the on ramp to that role is easier for them during the regular season mike than or during the preseason than what it might be based off of who they're playing next to and so I'm interested to see how a guy like Max handles that, for for example, versus like Prince, who I don't think his role is going to change very much because no one's going to tell him to go run three pick and rolls a possession. Yeah, also in this first game, Steve Kerr, to me, is going to treat this the same way that Lakers treat it. He's not yeah. one of those coaches that's you know really trying to get um, get the win and try to get a ton accomplished in terms of having his rotation down. We know Draymond's out because the injury, you know, is knowing that, LeBron is out. Is he going to take the opportunity then to maybe not play Steph? And so I, I almost couldn't care less about what's going on with the Warriors, aside from just seeing Chris Paul. And it's just going to be weird, right? And yeah, isn't that? Yeah. Do with that? <laughs> um, and how do they how do they figure that out? So, yeah, it ends up being a little bit more about 
we're hearing and we're asking questions every day about who looks good. And, and now we at least individually get to see who looks good. And there may be some a, a screen roll combo that pops a little bit more than expected. And, you know, there may be uh, there may be a position battle in the sense that Darwin's going to give the vet the chance first. And the, the two that come to mind right away would be Torian Prince and Cam Reddish relative to Max Christie. And so even though they they don't necessarily all play the same position, but there's only the position shooting guard versus small forward. Does that matter? Um, are right. they going to play nine guys, 10 guys? So that's the kind of thing that I'm going to be looking for um, less so than what happens in the team context and what the score is. And, you know, who even I don't even really care who makes their shots. Right. Uh, I'm more I'm looking more for shooting form in, in a one game sample size, but plenty to watch. And I'm eager to do so. It's just, you know, I, I'm always approaching it a little bit like the the proper stakes, which are not that high for this first game. Let's take a break. Come back. We'll continue our conversation about preseason. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Mike, I think you bring up an interesting point around, like, single-game performance and, like, making shots versus not not making shots. Um and the relative stakes of a game like this. That said, we know how good like Austin Reeves is or D'Angelo Russell, even Rui to a certain extent. I do want to dive into some of the guys who we've never seen playing a Lakers uniform before. And these are the guys that over the course of the last like month or so when we've been doing pods, we actually haven't talked about them a fair amount just because like we just haven't gotten to them. And that is like Torian Prince and Gabe Vincent, and even to a certain extent, Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood. And so those four guys, Pete, single out a single player and a single thing that you might be looking for to see like what they do in this specific game. And just like within the context of their role or wherever you want to take it, but one guy, one skill sort of thing. Uh, Christian Wood, defense rim protection just in general right this is the uh place that i'm starting the season in terms of having where i have my magnifying glasses are we going to be able to defend well enough when anthony davis is off of the floor and and or like we were having a conversation after one of the pods uh, this week where you made a comment like i think that unit's going to have to outscore people okay what does that look like then right like what is that christian wood unit look like and uh it, particularly on the defensive end because that to me is the biggest question of 
can we get to where we want to go? I think this time all the way up through the trade deadline really to, to a great extent is that tryout period of like, okay, we had ideas of how these new players of Vincent and Prince go into this as well uh, and, and Hayes and Reddish of like how they can help, how they can fit in. But then when the rubber hit meets the road, you like you actually see it, right? And I, I don't want to glean too much from these games, Mike, in that respect. But I, that is somewhere where my mind f- goes first is, are we going to be able to defend with AD off of the floor? And so for me, it's that Christian Wood defense and rim protection. I, I pass the same question from Darius over to you. Is there a particular person, a particular skill that you're going to have, even just beyond this game over the course of the preseason? Like, hey, I really want to know this about this team. No, I think that's it. I think it's the Wood and Hayes and, and how much they can hold up. And that would be the area that I would have the most skepticism in about the team and about the season. And we've discussed that throughout the summer. I think that the Lakers did the best that they could. Remember, these are both vet men signings, you know. So how how many conversations have we had looking at the roster to start last season? And and when you had Westbrook making what he was making um, on top of LeBron and AD, you had to try and plug all of these holes with vet men's and You're going to hit every once in a while, but for the most part, there there's a reason the guys make what they do. And now you have all of these salaries in the middle with D'Angelo Russell um, and Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves and Jared Vanderbilt. Like, but these are all guys that have shown that they have a certain NBA skill that just works, that produces, that helps the team win, et cetera. And that is what we have not yet seen from Wood and from Hayes. And so to just expect it, that they're going to come in and be able to completely hold it down you know, I that's where that skepticism has to come because they're going to have to play better than what they did uh, in the past. And it is to me a sore spot. Can it get covered? So let's say that it, let's say that it doesn't work out and, and they kind of played the same way they have in recent years. Well, how do the Lakers plug some of those holes? Last year, they did it with Rui Hachimura and LeBron James, um, <laughs> essentially. And and that can happen again. I think it's tough over the course of 82. Uh, but that's now we're getting ahead of ourselves. The first thing to do is what the coaches are going to do and actually see, hey, maybe there is maybe something about the structure that Darvin Ham has laid out in the leadership of LeBron and AD. Maybe that hits Christian Wood a certain way and he and he does end up delivering there. Maybe Jackson Hayes, uh, as Pete, as you discussed, gets out of some of those weird lineups with the Pelicans and uh, mm-hmm. at the three and, and he and his specific set of skills does fit what the Lakers are looking for. So you first have to allow for that possibility and give it a shot. And it just I think that there's a the backup plans have to be starting starting to build already mm-hmm, um, as mm-hmm. to is there a guy in a different roster that come the trade deadline or, you know, just like last year, we were thinking that with Russ. So what what can what can happen here? Because this probably isn't going to work. And I don't think it's that stark, especially for backup bigs. But that's the that is probably the first thing that I'm going to be looking for, because I don't have as many questions about Game Vincent or Torian Prince or, yep. you know, and I, I certainly don't have worries about Max Christie. We've all the three of us have been over that. Uh, so that's the spot, Pete. That's actually a, a great point, D, in that guys like Vincent and Prince, I think, are known quantities to a degree, even though they were not Lakers, where I have less concern about what they are going to be and who they are going to be. I see them as interchangeable to a certain way. Now, we'll certainly see that. But yeah, man, same question to you. What are you looking for and who, who are you looking uh, toward? So I agree on the big man stuff. Like I'm more intrigued by what Hayes does than Wood. I have a pretty good idea about Wood, honestly. Like I said this at 
the very beginning yeah, you about did. wood. You said the and, hell out of it. <laughs> and, and, and I got a little bit of blowback about this. And I'm not saying that I've softened my stance on that. Like he's in pure show me mode, particularly around like his his defense and contributions to winning basketball. I know he can put up stats and I think he's going to put up stats this mm-hmm. year for the Lakers. I'm not sure if he's going to be good enough defensively. Hayes is an interesting player because I just want to see the nuance of whether or not he has any nuance to his defensive game or if he is just all run and jump and sort of like cover up every problem with athleticism, Mm -hmm. right? And because if that is your solution to every problem, you're not going to have enough solutions. The NBA is too complex to say, mm-hmm. like, I'm just a better athlete and I'm just going to solve it by running faster and jumping higher. I think Hayes is going to be an interesting offensive option, though, in a Me way too. that, like, we haven't talked about at all with him. Let's talk about that. How, how do you see him contributing on the offensive end? I just think that he runs hard. Like, yeah. this is the this is the area where... Like, he's an interesting combination, I think, of, like, Wenyan and TB in terms of, like, his running habits and what he can do as, like, a finisher in the paint. And so TB ran really hard, but he Mm -hmm. wasn't, like, an above-the-rim athlete. Wenyan could sort of play above the rim more, but he was not the same sort of jolt in terms of, like, energy even that TB had in terms of like being able to like get downhill and be like, oh, like I'm at the front of the rim. Wendon played with a lot more craft than I thought that he was given credit for. Hayes, man, he gets downhill and he plants that foot and he's up in the air and he's ready to finish right over the top of dudes. And he knows how to get into his role as, as like out of the picket role and basically just grab the ball and finish with power. And he gets downhill, Pete, in in a way that the Lakers actually haven't had a guy screen and roll like this in, I can't even tell you when, like JaVale, JaVale? maybe? Yeah, yeah, he's maybe. the guy that comes to mind, yeah. Right, but even JaVale, it's just like, he was even like longer and like his strides, like it, there was just a certain thing Yeah, he thing wasn't the rim him. runner that, that Hayes is, and I, I think transition is an interesting space for Hayes in particular, just because on both ends of the floor, and this is something that he's spoken to in his media availabilities is this is an area where I can help. I, I share your curiosity about the nuances of his game and and whatnot, but there also is value, especially on this kind of team for him just being who he is, right? That run and jump type of athlete that can kind of like ignite the pace of the team. And so he can contribute in the, in that way. Yeah, and so even outside of Hayes, though, it's just like him and Cam, and you've said this before too, Pete, that you see Reddish and Hayes through like a similar light, right? Which is like, oh, you are you are an athlete with pedigree who is like, oh, haven't seen one of you guys in in a little while around these parts, right? Where it's just like, oh, okay, you can get after it and do a variety of different things. Can you actually channel that? into productivity and consistency. Can you think the game as well as you play the game athletically? And and Mike, Reddish is a guy that we haven't actually heard a lot of during these first few days of camp. It's like, oh, you know who stood out to me is Max Christie or Jalen hood Shafino or, or Prince is doing his job or here's like, but not a lot of Reddish talk. And I'm interested in seeing how Cam plays. Like if LeBron's not going to play, that's Mormon is on the wing 
essentially, right? Rui could slide up, play more power forward. That might be the same for Vando. I expect Cam to get some run here, and I want to see what he does with it. Yeah, I think there's a level of curiosity for me there as well, but I, to me, he's outside the rotation to start the season, or mine at least. I don't know that that's going to be the same for for Darvin Ham, and they signed him for a reason. You you know that the Lakers have been linked to him for a couple of different years and kind of liking the pedigree and, and all of that. I just, uh, the, the way that he plays to me is still a little bit of an individual game, but it's not at an NBA efficiency level uh, in order for him to play like that. And I don't know that he is, that he's going to be able to embrace the role um, that might be best suited on this team, which would be defend and take the open shot quickly if it's open. If not, make a quick dribble move on the weak side to the rim or, or kind of move the ball on. That's not the style uh, I, I think that he's played. And to get to bring Max Christie back into it, even though – so I'll just tell what I had, I had talked to somebody about Max in, in practices the last couple of days, and Jackson Hayes brought up that he thought Max stood out uh, in a big way in yesterday's practice, and yesterday being Thursday. Then on Wednesday's practice, uh, when I think Christie was playing more with the third unit and, you know, trying to cement himself into the rotation by maybe at times doing a little bit too much um, on the ball. And so it's it's this progression that you have to think about with Max, where he the first year of summer league didn't try to do that stuff much and, and just kind of played a role and was really good. Then the second year, oh, oh, he can do more. But can he do that level of of ball creation and and all of the things that he was doing so well that Pete made the video on in summer league at the NBA level. Well, maybe not yet at age 20. Uh, I think that that's coming. But so if you center him back into like the second team though, then he's going to do the role things that we know he can do that we don't know that Cam Reddish can do. And and that's, are these things that we're going to see break down in preseason game number one? Uh, maybe not, but those are the kinds of things that, that I think it's, it's really going to tell us something if we see a change in an evolution more likely than not, though, Darius, it doesn't happen overnight like that. And guys just end up playing yep. the way that they did. Uh, yep. It's just that we have to hold out the hope for that. Um, so let's take another break. And then, Pete, I'm, I'm curious for one more top line item from you um, as we enter preseason game number one. So first off, I love the point that you just made on Max Christian. It speaks to Darius's point earlier on how the third string tackle in football has the same job as the first string tackle, but it's not the same thing in basketball, right? When Max is out there with the third unit and it's JHS and, and Maxwell Lewis and all of that, he has a, a broadened responsibility that's not the same if he were on the second unit or the first unit. And that's why I am really looking forward to seeing Max, even if it's not LeBron and AD on the floor, but guys like Rui and Gabe Vincent, D'Lo, Austin, like this is, these are NBA lineups, right? And he will be playing more of the role he's projected to in that group versus the summer, the summer league type of squad. With respect to the the last like top line item that I'm looking for is I, it could go one of two ways. Um, Darwin could be looking to just, Hey, let's run our really basic stuff. Like our most like, you know, bare bones. Let's make sure we build out the foundation. And I would even say this is a likelier outcome. But there is part of me, D, that's curious of, we've talked a lot that this group is 
maybe a little more conducive to five out spacing and Mm -hmm. delay action and, you know, kind of just a different offensive look than last year. It's true on the defensive end as well. That's we're going to have more conversations about how do you get to that level of defense with Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes at the five when they are uh, with with the weaknesses that they have on defense? And I think one of the primary answers to that is switch more. And that's something that I'm going to have an eye on is just the schematic stuff in terms of what do we run? Do we switch more? How do we do this? And just because we don't in preseason game one doesn't mean necessarily that we won't, but it is something that if we do, I think it'll be somewhat of a clue of where Darvin's head's at. Yeah. I actually think that this is going to be more true offensively than it is defensively at first. Coaches actually, yeah, like Darvin's base scheme defensively isn't going to change. And so I expect that they're going to do a lot in drop coverage. And now we may see we may see nuances within the drop Pete of like how high, like how high is the big engaging. And um, I'll be interested to see if that's adjusted at all because they're playing Golden State versus like, right? Like there's little things like that that may or may not matter for a preseason game, like uh, how much of a game plan, quote unquote, exists um, versus just vanilla stuff. But five out spacing within the context of who is on this roster, right, which is Anthony Davis, who can be a perimeter-based big, Christian Wood, who can be a perimeter-based big, and even Jackson Hayes, who does enjoy that runway of starting up high and diving downhill quickly. Now, And he's actually he's- hit some some threes as well, but more than you would expect. Yeah, and so even there, and then it's just like, look, like those small lineups, small, I say small because like Rui and LeBron are massive human beings who just happen to play forward instead of center. Those guys are also, if you do play those small lineups, those are also potentially like five out spacing lineups. And so I actually think from a vanilla offense standpoint, there's way more likelihood that we will see the implementation of five-man spacing in vanilla scheme stuff. But, yeah. So we may see that stuff earlier is, is what I'm saying yeah. in game one, as in like this is stuff that we plan to do this season as part of our regular stuff, whereas like, oh, let's start switching, right? Like I, I'm not sure if we will see That's that a great on point. Saturday. Yeah. But offensively, I am looking for – a little bit more variety and what the team does consider, oh, this is what we're going to do on on a night-to-night basis. And even within that, like the individual stuff, Pete, like does AD pick and pop? Like how many times does AD pick and pop this game? If, if he picks mm-hmm. and pops even once, yep. right, then I'm going to be like, oh, that's new. Because last season, he didn't pick and pop at all. He would stay even with the ball like ball handler and he would slot into the short roll, but it was always a roll towards the basket. It was never a pick and deliberately fade towards the three point line. It was always either I'm in tandem with, with the guard or I'm getting down downhill. And I know that wood is going to pick, pick and pop, but if AD does it even once to me, that's an indication of, Oh, this is something new this season because he barely did that at all. You know, another thing to consider, LeBron volunteered that he wasn't going to play, but I, I don't believe that Darvin got asked who else might or might not play. And so I don't know for a fact that Anthony Davis is going to play. And I also don't know for a fact that Austin Reeves is going to play. Because remember, right. 
they're bringing him slowly into this after all of the minutes that he played for Team USA. Uh, and you know, I think there have been. I don't. I don't even know that he's played in the full scrimmages yet. Uh, so it, it's a. There's still plenty though, and like let's say if Austin doesn't play, then I would love to see D'Angelo Russell take over and try to score 30 points. Uh, and I would love to see Gabe Vincent be just as aggressive as he was throughout the finals run for Miami, where you know he was he was like the lead guard um, and mm-hmm. the guy that was getting them into sets and taking shots. And so there, the Lakers have more depth of talent in this sense, um, as uh, you may be able to hear Riggs doing cannonballs behind me in the bed. And that's the kind of excitement that he has uh, that some of these players should be getting. Um, if Austin and LeBron and, and AD or some combination don't play, uh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, guys. Get some shots up. I'm also looking forward to seeing that probably fourth quarter crew that's always your eventual G Leaguers, right? Seeing them on the floor against Golden State, same guys. I'm, you know, we got a lot of young guys that I'm just curious to see where they're at. Uh, I'd love to see Jalen hood um, you know, get get some minutes this preseason and kind of gauge his progress from summer league because at the point guard position, that's, like I said in the pod the other day, the hardest job. And so that's the position with the most to learn. And so to what degree has he uh, applied what he learned in summer league and all of that? He's, as we said the other day, our highest draft pick in a minute. And so tracking his progression, I think, is going to be interesting, especially in the context of he's actually going to get going to get some run, Mike. That's a good point, too, because you heard or just listening to various NBA pods. And I know that I know that both of you and especially Darius have been on this, but I've been hearing a lot of Keontae George buzz. Right. He went to pick ahead of Jalen Huchifino to the to Utah. Um, you heard various things about uh, Kobe Bufkin in, in Atlanta. And I think that Hood's summer league was a little bit, or Hood Shafino's summer league was a little bit more quiet. But if all of a sudden he comes in and is playing well in the preseason, that's all it takes for some of that kind of buzz to return. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's real quiet on him right now, especially because they don't necessarily need him um, in the short term. And he's more of a long-term talent play. So Pete, it's, it's a good point. It, and it only takes one preseason game of scoring 15 points or, you know, for, for that yep. hype train to start again. So um, not that you want him just thinking about individual stuff, but that's the kind of thing that can help uh, the Lakers. But just from a, from an image standpoint of of the kind of talent that they might have in this kid. Yeah, there's a certain level of competitiveness that I'm looking for from all of our guys, including those rooks, D, where it's like, hey, you're in these minutes in a game that doesn't matter in the the scorebooks or anything like that, but go win your shift, you know, like go. It's about kind of maintaining this mentality that I think that we have that's been in the gym throughout training camp that the more you carry that forward and don't have that, like, this game doesn't matter that much stuff. If that's the case, like don't play LeBron, don't play Austin, but whoever does play, like be there to win, be there to win your shift, to do your job. And that's, that helps kind of keep the momentum of what they've got going. Yeah. I had thought about Austin not playing in this game. I hope that AD plays honestly, just because I think that he's sort of this central figure and as a leader and then pointing to him, I'd love for him to like get a shift in at least, or maybe two, right? And shut it down after halftime or whatever, and then let Hayes and Wood take, mm-hmm. take the majority of of, of those minutes in, in the second half. But I do want to see like that summer league crew play a little bit. I like Colin Castleton. I like Des Moines mm-hmm. Hodge. I like Alex Fudge. I want to see these, I want to see these kids get out there and and compete and and play hard. I also want to see Hood Shafino. I'd love if Austin does not play, that slots every guard up yep. a position. And so you could see Max Christie start, right? Like in theory. 
Or you could see him get bigger minutes. You could see maybe JHS get a shift with, with the second with unit, D'Angelo yep. Russell, mm-hmm. potentially, right? And just see what that looks like. Um, and I think the way that I would close this out, at least from my perspective, whenever we talk about talent on a Lakers team, it almost always goes back to offensive talent, right? And I think that this this Lakers team is supremely offensively talented. Like you've got LeBron, you've got AD, but even D'Lo and Austin and Rui and and then Wood. Vincent. It's like Vincent. There's just a lot of guys who know how to put the ball in the basket, man. And they could any one of those guys that I just mentioned could get you 25 or 30 points on any given night just based off of their shot making. But I've said it before, and I'm going to say it as much as I possibly can this season, that the Lakers are only going to go as far as their competitive spirit defensively takes them. And if they just decide that they're going to be a we outscore you team, then they're going to get in a lot of shootouts and you don't and you don't win every shootout. Right. Like sometimes a team is just going to outkick you at the end. And 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 that's how how it goes. And so I do want to see how Vincent and Prince and Christie and all of these guys that do get run, I want to see them compete defensively. And this goes back to the point we were making about Hayes and and Wood as well. It's just like, look, you're not going to do everything right every possession. We know you've been in the league long enough for us to know your foibles on that end of the ball too. But I want you working hard. I want to see that you're committed to doing the right thing rather than too much of what we saw a few seasons ago where it was like the that 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 group where it was like oh Carmelo Anthony like I loved Melo but th- those teams seemed very content at saying okay let's just inbound the ball as quickly as possible and get up and let's go play offense again and I don't want this team to be like that where it's like they where they start to feel too comfortable taking the ball out of the basket right I want to see them getting stops, rebounding, and running, and having that drive to execute that. There, so he's going to work for you. Those are sweet. Mike is holding up a a pair of Lakers shorts that uh, you could describe this better than me, than me Mike. But well, no, those are nice. Dur- Dur- you know, Darius has just been not so subtly hinting in the in the thread that like he never my man might need he might need some gear and yeah. he might need to unretire from his pickup runs like you're, yeah. you're muted right now Darius and Mike he might, cooks it up man yeah he might be he might need to bring that lefty magic uh back to the streets of San Francisco <laughs> and Oakland and, I, and he needs some official Lakers practice gear um some some purple shorts for it now I'm gonna try to get a shirt as well would you rather have a polo or a t-shirt a t I'm not a polo guy honestly what not even if it's an official team gear polo you wouldn't rock that I thing? mean if it's official team gear but you know still it's just like, look, right, if given I'm a choice saying. between the polo and the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. if you're right. giving me a choice, look. All right. Well, I'll see. I'll see what I can do there. But I've been I you know, I've been working hard to procure something for you. Um, and we, we need to get you in the right headspace, you know, for your postgame article. that You're going to be writing <laughs> yes. after game one. Yes, that's and, right. You know, and that's I right. want to try to keep you happy. I appreciate it. I will see you on Saturday. We will be up at the Chase Center. We're going to yep. have a bowl of soup. Yep, we will make I was it thinking about you guys last night. I think I've had soup for like five straight nights. And like last <laughs> hey. night I had the revelation that that happened. I was like, do I have big soup energy? <laughs> I thought of you. I almost texted you guys. You, you, got, oh, you got all man. kinds of big energy, Pete. 
Well, my, <laughs> also today, Including we've soup. got good weather up here. It, it, it might, it's going to be cooler again tomorrow, but today oh, it's like been in the 80s. Just check. The last few days, we got that Southern California heat up here. You guys will feel comfortable when you come up. You will feel that sunshine. I was just going to ask if I needed to bring any, you know, sweatpants, jeans, or if I can just rock shorts the whole time. But it looks like it's, yeah, it's going to be between low of 60, high of 80 on Saturday. Oh, yeah, that's how, that's how late weather, man. Nice. Yeah, you're with it. And then we're going Shorts to Vegas. Only. Yeah, we're going to Shorts Vegas. Only. And I assume it's, you know, just as warm there. Okay. All right. This is, this is helpful as I go pack my suitcase. Good times. Preseason is here. Y'all looking forward to talking some Lakers hoops. Uh, we will be back on Monday to do that. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Here by McLaughlin. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Good. Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. Jack with his eighth block an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one, miss it. Brian, one, 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 that insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.